Children can be dismissed to Bible hour. Nobody's announcing that today. We want our kids to be here with us this morning. So we're going to gain a new appreciation of Bible hour. We're going to gain a new appreciation of all those adults that work so hard in the nursery today. But uh, you know what? If you have a fussing baby during the uh, worship today, that's what they do, okay? I, I, I put up with adults snoring every Sunday. I can put up with a few babies crying today. So don't worry about that. If you have to take your baby out, just be back in about 12 minutes, okay? Because we want to do something special. Now, every time we get together and worship God and, and lift up Jesus, it's a special day. Today is a special day because we're here to worship God and to lift up Jesus. But it's also a special day because today is a celebration Sunday. We have committed to, to having a few celebration Sundays every year. You remember in November, we had a celebration Sunday consisting of challenging you to invite your friends and neighbors to come worship with us. This is the first celebration Sunday of 2016, and we want to recognize and we want to lift up the greatest gift, one of the greatest gifts that God has given us here in this earth, and that's our children. When Martha and I were first married, we had three theories on raising kids. Now we have three kids and no theories. But I do know this. We couldn't and you can't raise them alone. We needed some help, and so will you. About five or six years ago, the Barna Institute came out with a study. They're kind of in the business of surveys and that kind of thing. And they came out with a study that made, to me, a very startling conclusion. They had the data to back it up. One of their conclusions was most 18-year-olds in America today have never had a spiritual conversation with an adult. Can you imagine that? Most 18-year-olds have never had a spiritual conversation with an adult. They also had data showing that a staggering percentage of young people who graduate from high school also kind of graduate from their faith. So what do we do about that? Now, what are we supposed to do? Because I know you care. I know you care. Parents have always cared about the children, whether you're talking about the first century or the 21st century. We care about our kids. And so we look to people to help. We look for sources. We look to experts. We, we listen to Dr. Phil or Dr. Laura or Dr. Spock, or Dr. Seuss. You know, we're looking for someone to give us some kind of advice on raising children. All too often, though, we ignore one source that we should be paying more attention to. A person who has on his resume not just that he has studied childhood, but someone who actually created the idea of childhood. And then didn't just sit back to watch it all unfold, he actually became a child himself. If you're looking for some ways to prioritize your parenting techniques, Jesus is a pretty good source to turn to, right? Now, there are a lot of places we could go in Scripture to kind of launch from, for today, but I want to start and stay in a passage that you might have suspected me to start and stay in. And I've chosen it because it's just so good and it's so powerful. It's Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. Now, stop right there for just a minute. Do you remember when you were a small child? you remember when you were a kid? 
Do you remember what you looked like when you were a little kid? Some of you are thinking, thank you so much for bringing that image back to mind. But imagine you're, you're a small child and your mother says, hey, there's a really famous teacher that's come to our little town and we're going to go meet him. And maybe you'll get to meet him. And maybe he'll even speak to you. And so you get excited like only a small child can. And your mother takes you by the hand and you're walking down the road and you see in the, in the distance, there's the teacher. And he's surrounded by a lot of people. And he looks very important. And he's teaching very passionately. And, and you wonder, is he going to talk to me? Is, is he going to say anything to me? Will he even notice me? And you're just about to reach out to touch him when something happens. Look at the second half of this verse. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. So all at once, these godly men kind of jump out of nowhere. The whole thing has kind of a, a secret service feel to it, doesn't it? Kind of picture these guys with dark glasses and, you know, microphones in their uh, hand. Children approaching 9 o'clock. Stay away from the teacher. Step away from the teacher. He's important. You're not. You're a kid. Go play. This is for adults. This is, this is for something much more important than you are. And the disciples rebuke the parents. And as a child, you're heartbroken. Notice Jesus' response. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Indignant is a 25-cent word for mad. Jesus got mad. And I've got to confess something to you. I love it when Jesus gets angry. It doesn't happen very often in Scripture. But when Jesus gets angry, we ought to pay very close attention to what he gets angry about. Something that is very important to Jesus is being violated right here. And it angers Jesus. Notice his response. Let the little children come to me. Say that out loud with me. Let the little children come to me. Actually, Jesus is giving a two-part command here. The first part is, let the little children come to me. And then he says this, and do not hinder them. Say that out loud. And do not hinder them. Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. Now, notice who Jesus is speaking to. He's not talking to the crowd. And he's not talking to the, the Pharisees. He's not talking to the teachers. He's not raising his voice with the parents. Jesus is speaking to the rock. He's talking to Peter. Jesus is becoming indignant with the disciple whom he loved, John. He, he's getting angry with that other member of the inner three, James, as well as Matthew and Thomas and, and Bartholomew. These are godly men. These are men who should have known Jesus better than anybody else on the face of the earth. So why does Jesus respond so differently than they do to the situation? Why is Jesus' response so different than these very godly men when these children are in his presence? And here's your answer. Because Jesus saw something in these children that the disciples didn't see. Jesus saw great value in these children. Jesus didn't just love them. I'm convinced the disciples loved kids. They're good men. They're godly men. Everybody loves kids. These men loved kids. But Jesus saw something the disciples didn't see. He saw precious eternal souls. 
he saw great value and great worth. And so he says, don't you dare stop these children from coming to me. I want them to see me. I want them to touch me. I want to, I want to touch them. I want them to know that I love them. I want them to fall in love with me. Do not stop these children from coming. Jesus saw the value in the soul of a child. Let the little children come to me. I want you to say that out loud one more time, but this time I don't want you to think of Jesus. I want you to think of yourself. Let the little children come to me. Let's say that. Let the little children come to me. Jesus sets the example. And then look at the child's example. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Here's a thought. and Maybe I'm off base on this. Jesus saw in those children the kingdom of God. Come on up. I asked for it, didn't I? Can I help, Kevin? <laughs> now, you don't know this, but we had this planned. Actually, if I thought I could, I would have, because it's making my point. Jesus sees in these children the kingdom of heaven. Do you think, possibly, that when Jesus looked in the faces of these kids, he got homesick? Do you think these little children made them think of heaven? The joy, the innocence. Do you think Jesus saw these children and, and it reminded them of heaven? For such is the kingdom of heaven. That's what he says. I praise God that I belong to a church that says, let the little children come to us. Through our nursery program, through Lads the Leaders, through, through our children's ministry. You know, again, everybody loves kids. Every church loves kids. I've never been to a church where I saw a sign that says adults only. But I'm convinced that not every church sees children the same way. I make no secret about the fact that I love the Bay Area Church of Christ. And one reason why I love the Bay Area Church of Christ so much is because this family has loved my family for so long and so well. My children were raised in this congregation. They, they went through this nursery program. They've been in every one of these classrooms back in the back hallway. You helped them fall in love with Jesus. You helped teach them that Jesus is real and Jesus matters in their life and they matter in Jesus' life. And for that, I am forever grateful to this family. Look at verse 16. And he took the children in his arms and put his hands on them and blessed them. Jesus saw these children as spiritual individuals with spiritual needs and he blessed them. You know, one of the frustrations of parenthood is by the time we start to figure it out, our kids are grown. But here's one thing that I understood pretty early on in my parenting career. As I looked into the eyes of each one of my children, you know, standing in the hospital, wearing the gown, kind of looking down at this little miracle, each time I was overwhelmed with the emotion of, this child doesn't belong to me. This is God's child. 
And God has entrusted me to teach this child to fall in love with Jesus. And I've asked myself every day since then, what am I doing about that? And what am I teaching my children? Because as much love as I felt in those moments, I knew I can't love this child the way God loves me. And all the things I want to give my children, do for my children, provide for them, I can't do, I can't give, I can't provide like God can provide. God has entrusted us with these precious little souls. And our charge, our priority, our focus has got to be for our children to fall in love with Jesus. My goal for our children is that they fall in love with Jesus. Today is Celebration Sunday. We're celebrating God's goodness, His love, the joy that comes with children. We're gonna, since we haven't done this in a long time, we're actually going to recognize uh, children age three and down. But before we do that, I want you to watch a video. Joanne John has put together this really great video of our children. I want you to watch it and see, see if it doesn't kind of remind you of heaven. <laughs> 